is Jeans and a Nice Top, a crash course in modern dating with Ash and Mel. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Jeans and a Nice Top. I am here, also here. I've <laughs> already started this off terribly. Also here is my very special guest, Lucy Neville. Hi. Not Lucy Melville. No. <laughs> She said that people call her Lucy Melville. She is a sort of, what would you say, self-described agony aunt, Mm -hmm. unofficial agony aunt. Yeah. It's very important to say I'm not qualified because (laughs) if you take my advice and I ruin your life, like I have no degree to back it up. So please at your own, at your own risk. I love that you are just like wiping your hands clean of everybody's (laughs) like (laughs) everybody's futures. You're like, I don't know what I'm talking about. But actually, that's literally the basis of this podcast. We're constantly yeah. just like, we don't know. Yeah, but pretty we much. We could do this, but also we have no idea what we're doing. Exactly. And I'm Lucy Melville because my Instagram handle is Lucy M. Neville. Um, upset about it. Lucy Neville is an account that is being held hostage from me by someone who's never posted anything before. So if anyone's got any connections at Instagram, I would love Lucy Neville so that this stops. <laughs> anyone listening, anyone. That is so funny that you say that because I literally had um, a few weeks ago an episode with Helen Chick mm-hmm. and I called her Helen Chicks because her last name on Instagram is C-H-I-K-X. Yeah. And she is the same. Someone's yeah. got Helen Chick and they've just held it hostage. There's no posts. No. It's like they know. I have an underscore and I don't actually know what the Melissa Mason normal person <laughs> yeah. is. But I can't have Gmail because everyone's taken all my names. So I'm stuck on Hotmail. I still have my, like, Hotmail address. It's outrageous. <laughs> what is it? <laughs> well, it's just <laughs> Melissa.Mason, so it's fine. But, yeah. like, just the fact that it is Hotmail is yeah, upsetting I know, to I me, know. you know? I and, do. Yeah, it's bad. Anyway, anyway, Lucy's here. So we, what are we? We're like Instagram friends. Yeah, we are. On the internet, like most of us do these days. I feel like you were another one of those people. I have this all the time where I just know people via other people that I know. Mm-hmm. And then I'm like, they're cool. I'm going to be their friend one day. And it just <laughs> happens. And I like manifest that energy. <laughs> Yeah, I get you. It's also that thing where I'll refer to, I'll be like, oh, my friend Melissa. And then when I break it down, I'm like, hey, oh, okay, we've never, we, we've never actually met. Um, she probably doesn't know who you are. Like, the it's just a weird, it, it's so weird in that way. Like, I feel like I've got thousands of friends, but really, if we run into each other on the street, it'd be like, oh, hi. Yeah. <laughs> it would take me like a second, the out of context nature of seeing you in the street. I would mm-hmm. be like, like I do that all the time, even with people that I do know where I'm yeah. walking and I just don't even clock them <laughs> and I seem like such a rude bitch, but I just literally don't know. I don't know. And also this is the other funny thing is Ash, who at my regular co-host, co-host <laughs> on this podcast, she will see guys she's dated out all the time and she recognizes them and I'm like I don't think I could recognize a single I think I've recognized one guy in public that I don't know like I don't still see by way of mutual friends or anything one random guy I saw him one time in Surrey Hills oh god and it was years later and he was we it was not good we had very very bad sex in a room that had a sliding door and a single bed and it was like it was almost like Harry Potter's like under the stairs, like oh. that, that kind of space. <laughs> like, it was Come on, like babe. A bed, and that was it. I know. So this is a sad period of my life. Okay, I'm not it judging you. Time. I'm judging him. <laughs> I have a cautionary tale on this on this kind of wavelength. That I, when I was 
single and dating, I slept with um, a neighbor. Like I'm talking the building next to mine. Oh, shit. Yeah. <laughs> you already know where this is going. Obviously, yeah. <laughs> it went really bad. And it was one of those things where I was like, I'm just going to block them on social media. I wasn't like, as mature as I am now, if that makes sense. So for me, it was like, not that I'm like (laughs) full of wisdom, obviously. I'm really, I'm really, I'm just really mature now and I'm a different girl, but (laughs) I just was like, I can't deal with that situation. So I just Mm. blocked the number. I blocked the Instagram. Like he, I disappeared. I evaporated from his orbit, but obviously not from his like, yeah, I was like, how? (laughs) Not from his geographical location, obviously. So (laughs) But then I committed and it's been like nearly two and a half years now and I committed so hard that now it's like I I have done, I've executed the biggest gaslighting situation. <laughs> he walks past me in the street and he almost looks at me as if to be like, I know you. And I just like deadpan. I'm like, I have no idea who you are. I have, I have no idea who you are. I've never, never seen you seen before you in my life, which is like obviously not great, but he wasn't great either in so many ways. So I was yeah. like, you know what? You figure you can, it out. You can handle this now. Yeah. This is your problem now. <laughs> Wait, do you still live there? Yeah. Oh, I, my God. <laughs> I know. I moved, I moved apartments and so did he. It's interesting because obviously we've never told each other this information, but you see each other going different directions. Like I see yeah. him walking a different way now. Yeah. And the other day I walked past a cafe. I was looking horrific. Obviously, you always are. And he was with a friend. It was really early in the morning, so dead quiet. I heard him say to the friend, I know that girl. They stopped, <laughs> they stopped talking and I just kept walking as if I'd never, I was like, I don't know who you are. You take up so much red free space in his brain. Like he's definitely just constantly like, how is she managing this? You've, you've pulled off. What a, what a caper. I'm, I can't with this situation. And like, you've literally moved apartments in the same building and you still have to see, I, I can't, that is actual chaos. That's like next I level. do wonder one day what's going to happen when he's like, comes up and confronts me because, yes. you know, he might've had like, I just wonder, but I'll be right. Re- I'm ready. Like I've had my time yeah. to prepare. He's spiraling. He's yeah. going to confront you. He's definitely spiraling. <laughs> I'm ready. I can't believe you heard him say. I, I know. know that. Like, I do know <laughs> yeah, he's her. Like, oh, he's like, do. I'm like, no, you don't. Like, you're being crazy. <laughs> God, dude, I've never met you. What? <laughs> oh, my God. That is amazing. Um, anyway, not what, we're talking, not what no. we're talking about today, but great story nonetheless. Um, so we were chatting about, you know, what we can talk about on this podcast, what you can talk about of the myriad of stories that you have. Mm didn't come up what to do with the very hyper-specific situation of when you sleep with someone who lives in the same building as you. But you My know. bad. <laughs> but we were sort of talking about those, like, long relationships and when they end, you know, and I think not, not all of us but a lot of us have had a relationship where we've been like, holy shit, this is it, or, like, it feels, you know, like I, I suppose it feels like the one or it feels like there is no end to this relationship like the the sky is the limit essentially and then yeah. it ends and then it's like what do you do with that firstly with those feelings and that grief because that is a very real grief that you go through but then also I guess it's interesting when you get to the other side of it and maybe if you're listening and you're not at the other side of it or you know wherever you may be you may not think this but it's true we can vouch for it that you always get to the other side of it and then you have like a different perspective and you kind of had some really good stories so I'm going to make you tell them I have like a cornerstone in my life that almost like changed the direction of it and that was a big breakup like Mm. I I see my life as like pre-breakup 
and post-breakup. Mm. Um, and those two people, those two Lucys are completely different people and, like, everyone in my life will vouch for it, uh, which is interesting because I, I'm, I'm sure we'll get into it later, but that I think is the most interesting part about learning that someone wasn't the one when your whole personality changes when you're not mm-hmm. with them. Um, but I was in a long-term relationship, like probably five and a half, six years from when I was me 19 from mm. then. Um, that maths doesn't add up. No one counts that. <laughs> Look, it was a long <laughs> like, I was like, does that work? <laughs> I was in the same year. Like, no, no, no. It, it works roughly. Like I'm 45 I don't know. <laughs> now. <laughs> Look, it was a long time, right? And it was my first proper adult relationship and it also was my only relationship until my mid-20s. So I didn't do any of that fun partying, go and, like, meet people, go and casually date, go and sleep with people. So my whole world was this person Mm. and I became very oriented on what that meant for my future. So I would constantly be like, so by 24, like, I'd love to be, like, engaged and then we'll talk, which is wild to me now, crazy to me now. Yeah. But when you're in that situation... When that was my entire world, I'd never even dated anyone else. My The people I'd slept with were my high school boyfriend, a random guy on schoolies, and this guy. Like <laughs> The random guy on schoolies. <laughs> that was my whole, like, field of people that I'd had any kind of intimacy with. Hmm. And so when the breakup happened, I it, it was like a shocking breakup. I feel like a lot of people who follow me either know me because of the breakup or because I've helped people through breakups, I guess. Yeah, but yeah. the breakup happened. I got home from work one day. The apartment we lived in was like it cleared out and all the drawers were open and like he'd taken the food out of the fridge. Like it was really traumatic. Yeah, wild. And he moved to Europe. And it what? sounds, I know, I know. It sounds like a fake story, but it wasn't a fake story. It was my life. And then I was just sitting in this apartment, just like rocking back and forth, like in the fetal position, Mm. trying to make sense of what had just happened. Because to me, that was not only an impossible situation, but almost it was an unimaginable situation. So I'd known he was moving to Europe. He was going for a job opportunity, but um, we had plans um, on how we were going to navigate that situation. Because I feel like when you're in that long of a relationship, you're like, well, this is the end game. So obviously any obstacle that comes up now, we just like work through it, obviously. Like we're yeah. in love, la la la. Um, but it wasn't the case, obviously. Yeah. For both of us. <laughs> yeah. Shit. That's so so you so you knew that he was going mm-hmm. and you were sort of like had you'd made plans in the sense of like, oh, we'll do long distance. Yeah. Or yeah. So it was like I would go over there after six months and spend a couple of months there. I, I'm kind of a career gal, so I wasn't really willing to move over there not that I was ever invited that's another reason that I knew he wasn't the one in retrospect not because he didn't invite me because it was just never even a conversation he was just like I'm going for me now what are you gonna do yeah um and I just slotted into his life wherever it fit but yeah he left and in one way I'm so grateful that he moved overseas and I've literally never had to see him again since the day that he left the apartment because it meant that I don't have any of that like texting your ex awkwardness like he's literally in another country yeah like you literally can't contact him so (laughs) we've exchanged like two emails over the couple of years that it's been which is so classic ex behavior isn't it like they're blocked on on all social mediums so like you send an email they either find you an email or it's linkedin it's one or the other but then like that's it like i just i I haven't seen him since then i'm really grateful for that but at the time that was horrific because my social circles were so small because I'd spent the last however many years only caring about him and his life. Yeah. And I was literally alone 
like yeah. literally alone and trying to come to terms with something that he'd obviously processed a long time before when he made the decision to mm-hmm. leave me but hadn't clued me in on it. Um, so, yeah, very isolating time for sure. Yeah, and also like so sudden and like I think – you know, often with those long-term relationships, the end comes quite gradually for both Mm. people. But then there are these exceptions to the rule like that, where someone has been obviously thinking about it for a long time and just has not communicated at all, which is fucked, and then just disappears Mm. and leaves you really to pick up the pieces. Because like you said, he had processed it to some degree. So he probably, you know, I I don't think it wouldn't have, it would have still hurt him. Totally. not in the same way. Like you'd have to go through so much with that. I had a similar, but it was on a much shorter scale. But I do just think that it's not even necessarily like the length of time. It's that abrupt. Mm. It's your all your plans just disappearing at once as yeah. in, with such like an abrupt stop. And I was dating this guy. I've talked about him a million. Actually, there's these two <laughs> poor, poor men I always in my life. These two, two men in my life that get so much airtime on this podcast. Yeah. Like so much airtime, like probably more than Tom, probably because I'm just talking about like past stuff and me and Tom are just good. Yeah. But like, you know, like these guys, I just often wonder if anyone's ever listened and been they like. Absolutely have. They absolutely have. Absolutely have. Yeah. Anyway, so – both um, similar scenarios where it was only like three months that we'd been dating and I just felt confident that it was going to progress. Like it yeah. just like everything about their behavior. We'd never had a convo that sounded like it wasn't going to progress anywhere. Like everything just seemed good. And I don't know, I just guess I just had confidence that we had that vibe and that connection and, and we were falling for each other. And then both of them just abruptly ended the relationship really quickly and moved on really quickly as well. And you sort of just, I think that grief is so, Oh, it's so unique. It's like yeah. because it's not even necessarily, I don't think, grief about them as much as it is like the uncertainty in your life, right? Yeah. Like you're just like, where is the floor? Like what do I do now? Like yeah. <laughs> what because the fuck? My breakup happened over Christmas. Horrific behaviour. Um, but standard also. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so it wasn't even just the short-term plans. So the short-term plans were that we had a Christmas party that week and I had to send my Chris Kringle present to someone by the mail, like just weird bullshit like that. That you're like, mm-hmm. I'm processing grief right now, but sure, here's your pot plant. Yeah. Um, and then it was like the long term plans as well that were like, oh, I thought we were going to do that Europe trip, and I thought that I was going to be married, and I thought mm-hmm. that like just it was the long and the short of it that hurt the most. And then little things like the first birthday from of their mums that yeah. you wouldn't have sent a message for and just little little losses like that that keep coming. But it does, like, in time it does get better and I don't, it's interesting, with more perspective, I see why he broke up with me. Like I yeah, don't. really? I don't, um, I actually don't harbour any, like, negative feelings about him leaving me. Like I think he made the right decision. But the way it was done was horrific. So, yeah. and, he, and he knows that. We've had conversations about that. But I think that. If I was in his position, and I often think, like, as we were saying before, I kind of give advice. That's kind of my thing on Instagram, my best advice, what I can do. But (laughs) I often think if someone had written into me his situation, like our Mm. relationship, I would have told them to leave. Yeah, right. Yeah. I'm like, I don't blame you for leaving. I just wish you'd done it in a better way. Yeah. And it is that weird period. And, like, I had a big breakup in my, like, mid-20s as well 
where I think you are both growing and it's like you either grow together or not that grow together thing I think is a bit bullshit it's not so much growing together like the idea I always think of it Mm. not like the idea of two people just like on like parallel fucking train lines I actually think it's just more about like if you're growing in a sort of sort of in synchronicity right like like you're growing in a way where you both still can find a connection with each other Um, But it's so easy not to. And it's like if one person is like growing completely differently off God knows where and you just cannot find a way to get to them or they can't find a way to get to you. But, yeah, it's it's a weird one. Like I feel like it does come up a bit. And it's funny because you talk about like you got left with kind of nothing, like no friends and all these experiences you hadn't had. I had the exact same thing but I was because I was in church. So I was like 20 four so I finished up with that and then I was just adrift so I know exactly what you're talking about when you say that you just like you didn't have stuff to fall back on like you didn't have like this fun party lifestyle to fall back on and all these friends Mm -hmm. that you could just go hang out with the girls like when you don't have that it's even harder like you have to then build from the ground up all this shit and it's so awkward no one talks about no and it's so awkward to send that first message to the girls being like Hey, Hey. guys, I'd love to hang out this weekend. Sorry that I've fucking blown you off every week for the last six years. Really sorry about that. But is anyone available this Saturday? Because I'm heartbroken. Yeah, I was really lucky that my bestie um, throughout all of it, her name's Taylor, and she's been my best mate since high school. And here's another red flag from that whole relationship, Mm. knowing that the one's not the one. In all the years that we'd been together, he had met Taylor twice. Wow, yeah. Taylor's my, my like, yeah. ride or die. Like, that's really not great behaviour. Um, but it's because he had no interest in being involved in my life. Yeah. It's not that she didn't want to meet him. Like, it was just like, why would I come and hang out with your friends on the weekend? Yeah. Um, but luckily, obviously, those friendships run deep. And so she was there, like, like literally immediately was at my house. Yeah, that's so good. And she kind of got me out and about um, and I just started saying yes to every social occasion. But it was working, like, from the ground up again. Like, I just mm. felt like a plus one all the time because yeah. I was just trying to get out of my apartment. But I didn't put any effort into friendships throughout the yeah. whole relationship. And all of my friends are actually his friends. And then you f- figure out that you're like, oh, crap, like they're going to choose him now and they should. Yeah. I don't have any. I think that they should choose him. Like if my friends, if I, I've got a boyfriend now, if we broke up and my friends were like, yeah, we're going to hang out with John, I'd be like, <laughs> no, you're not. <laughs> like absolutely get fucked. You're not hanging out with John. John so, is dead to you now. <laughs> literally. So I understood the position that everyone was in, but it just meant that I was left with nothing. Yeah, um, totally. Which is hard. Oh, it's fucked. And I think that that's like they're those things where you have that relationship and I think that, everybody has had that relationship or if they haven't it's because they've been single through their 20s which almost is a massive vibe as somebody who has kind of had both I'm almost like being single in your 20s is a real vibe so if you're in your 20s and you're single don't feel shit about it because (laughs) it's actually so great but I do feel like those relationships where you disappear into them because you and I think it's so easy to do it and fuck it's so easy to do it hey like it's 
Like that is really what love is, right, is that you just want to spend all this time with this person and it's so comforting to be with them. Like even now I have to like make myself make plans sometimes because it's so easy to just be on the couch with Tom and that's like the comfortable space, especially now we live together. It's like Mm -hmm. this is comfy, like we make our dinner and we watch our show and I feel the most me and I don't have to be on and all of that stuff is so great and amazing as well. But yeah, it's like when you it's it's happened slowly, hey, like it's a slow yeah. drift away from your usual life into this other person's life and it's almost in, imperceptible to see yeah. it happening until I, it's happened. I talk about it often with like my sister, she's like mm. we're very close. Um best friends in the in the truest like we're 6 years apart but we're we're so close, right? And we almost laugh about it because I'm a different human. Like I was just like really steadfast about like I didn't really drink. I didn't really go out. I didn't really like go to parties. I was like vegan and like into yoga and like that. none of that is bad. Like that's all yeah. good if that's your thing, but it wasn't my thing. I just was doing that because that was the lifestyle that they lived. Yeah. And so on the weekends I couldn't, like my brain couldn't rationalize why I'd want to spend time going out with my friends when I could watch the Great British Bake Off and eat a pizza (laughs) with someone and then probably have sex and go to bed. Like I was just like, that sounds pretty good. And like, yeah, that is good. But I feel like you do it once. Like I did it throughout that relationship. I did the whole kind of abandon your friends. (laughs) It's horrific. I hate even saying it, but I will never do it again. I mean, like I, it's it's the best lesson that you can learn and you kind of have to learn it in real time because if someone tells you, oh, don't forget about your friends, you're like, oh, of course I'm not going to forget about my friends. I saw Taylor at her birthday six months ago and it's like, no, 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 like make sure you're having Taylor dinner with Taylor every like couple of weeks. Like, Yeah. yeah. And now I feel like I've struck a really positive balance in my life where it's not even like I'm, I'm not like compromising by seeing my friends. I'm like, God, I look forward to hanging out with my friends tonight because yeah. I know they, the people in my life bring so much value to my life and they all hold different roles. And my, my partner and my boyfriend is one of them, but yes, yeah. it, it doesn't mean that they're the most important one. Like yeah. it's equally no, that's so healthy. Like that is like, do you know how long that fucking took me to learn? <laughs> Fuck you knowing It took that me before. five years, so. <laughs> um, still longer. But, you know, th- that's what's so crazy is I think that is the best sign of, like, somebody that is – I don't really believe in the one, so mm. just sort of as a concept, right? Yeah. But, like, someone that is in a healthy relationship versus an unhealthy one is more my vibes. Mm. Um, yeah, love you know, that. <laughs> I don't know. I'm just, like, I, I'm very vocal about this on this podcast, but I think I spent so many years with this idealized version of the one in my head that I would kind of destroy all my relationships mm. before they even had a chance to be good and I would pick things apart and stuff. Anyway, that's a whole other episode. But the point being is I think there's healthy and unhealthy and there's like yeah. a good match and not a good match essentially. And I think that one of the like fundamental things is if you both do have your own lives and your life together and it's kind of like I think – like when you're just dating somebody, I think it's just your own lives really yeah. and you're building something. But then like I moved in with Tom, God, fuck, like last year sometime. I don't even know. Yeah. I don't even know what timeline I'm on anymore. But at some point, <laughs> how good's that? I just don't even know. <laughs> like I don't know. Um, like really- at one point we moved in together, okay? We signed Somewhere a lease. Online, it was like, whoops, we signed a lease. <laughs> um, and, you know, now it's like we have our life together yeah. and then but we still have our own shit 
going on. We have our own friends. We see our own friends. We also see each other's friends sometimes. And it's this really like healthy balance where no one's ever like shitty about the other person not being there. And I see my friends like probably less than I see Tom just because I live with him, but like I see them weekly. I would say I would see people, other people outside of our relationship. And so I think if you're, you know, in something where you feel isolated, you know, that's a war- it's a warning sign for a lot of shit, but mm-hmm. like in the non kind of going down the domestic abuse and that mm-hmm. sort of realm, even just in like a relationship that isn't abusive, yeah, it can just happen anyway, yeah. Um, because you do want to spend time with each other, and if you've got a partner that really wants to spend time with you, yeah, it's natural that they might be like, well, I just want you to myself because we're in that nice honeymoon period it's also just the easiest thing to do yeah you don't I think that being single um made me aware that I have to make my own fun and my own plans because when you're in a relationship and especially if you live together this is what happened with my ex we'd come home on a Friday night I didn't need to have plans because we're going to watch tv and have takeaway that was my plan and that was always my plan but when I was single I was like okay, shit, like, what am I going to do on Friday night? Because I can't, I don't want to be alone while everyone's out and about and having fun because I don't have my own kind of fun anymore. So like you do, it teaches you to to make your own, like to be proactive about seeing your friends and making plans. And I'm like very passionate about not falling into that trap of just Uber Eats on the couch. Like that's fine every now and then. Like I do that on my own. Love yeah. it. Yeah. But like, even with your, if you've got a boyfriend or a girlfriend or, you know, a partner, go and have dinner at a restaurant, like put some pants on. And go oh, my God, go. this is the most controversial thing. Tom would love you hearing you say that because we have, like, I wouldn't say they're arguments, but my sister and I fucking hate going out on dates. Okay. Both of us. in Like, I don't know if it's a, gener- a, a genetics thing, but we hate it. <laughs> and we're always like, Tom loves it. And, like, I have to, like, like I said to him, I was like, I'm going to be better. We can go on dates sometimes. <laughs> I love the hardest thing. I hate it. I hate it. I don't know what it is. It's like, and I don't like hanging out with friends one-on-one either. Like I'm fucking weird. (laughs) Do you have intimacy issues? Uh, Probably. (laughs) I don't know what's wrong with me, but like I panic about like. Are you introverted? No. Okay. Like. I don't know. I don't think so. That's I think so interesting. I know. I love that you're like psychoanalyzing me. And no, I sorry, sorry. <laughs> no, I welcome it. I just don't know. But it's just, yeah, like it's never been, like I have friends that love it. Yeah. And I just don't. But at the same time, I know what you're saying is essentially don't, I think when you just do whatever is easiest, mm-hmm. it becomes a rut. Like the easiest way to end up in a rut with anything, with friends, yeah. with your partner, is to just keep doing the easy thing and never like step out of your comfort zone a bit or like put some effort in and do something a bit different. And I always used to hear that with relationship stuff and be like, oh, like, fuck, I hate the idea of like a planned date night with hubby <laughs> or whatever. But I don't feel like it has to be that lame. Like I think it, it does be, yeah, like I think it can just be like, you know, yeah, like saying, like literally I was like to, to Tom, I'm just obsessed with martinis at the moment. It's a weird oh, thing. Oh, yeah. I don't saw know. it on your story. Yeah, I don't know. I'm so, I'm like obsessed. Like it's I don't, I've never had one. Honestly, you'll have it and it will, you'll either be disgusted or it'll right. change your life. My okay. sister's disgusted. She hates them. Um, and I was like, Tom, let's go to this like martini bar this weekend. And I think he was just excited to do anything. Yeah. That was a date. 
<laughs> I don't think he's very interested in martinis at all. Yeah, yeah. It's beautiful. That's compromise. <laughs> it's compromise. But yeah, like I think this is what is like interesting to me is that I think you should validate the grief that you go through when a relationship ends, even when they break up with you in a really shitty way. Even if it's not a very long relationship, I don't give a fuck. Like, no. I say this all the time. Like, even if it's just that you were messaging someone and then they like ghosted you essentially. Yeah. And you were like, oh, I really thought we were going to go on a date or I really liked that person. I hadn't met anyone in ages that I really gelled with like that. Yeah. Even that grief is worth like experiencing and validating and not not dismissing and not like being like oh that's so dumb because it was just a nothing thing because I think like you have to go through that process you have to process it and you can't process something you're not actually acknowledging you know it's also like the easiest way to be the worst friend if you're in a relationship and your friends are dating and they are a little bit down because something's ended and you're like oh, I mean, it wasn't, like, that serious, was it, though? Like, he, he wasn't your boyfriend. Like, and it's like, oh, babe. Like, mm. I remember the first person that I dated after the long-term relationship breakdown. That The ending of that was almost as it, almost as painful but in a different way. There obviously wasn't all that history, but it was the first time ever since, like, in five years that I had experienced passion with someone and been like, oh, my God, there are other people out there. And, look, I I just was thought I was going to be one of those people that was like, oh, I didn't think I was a relationship person, but here I am. Like, <laughs> this, oh, is literally, this is literally my first Bumble swipe, right? Like we just ended oh up like God. we ended up kind of hitting it off. But for yeah. him, who has been casually dating for a while, he was just like, yeah, we're casually dating. And I was like, no, but this is special. And he's like, no, but this is just passionate. Like we're just enjoying each other's company. It doesn't have to be shit. But like I don't want a relationship with you. And I was like, what? Like, yeah. And then processing that was like so weird because – like I didn't really know that much about him didn't really know like his friends or anything but I found myself in this like really deep grief over it because I think it symbolized a lot of things like for me it was like okay cool I just got rejected again like someone else doesn't want to be with me and also like I had kind of told myself that oh look like all things work out in the end you know here you go how fantastic and then I was like that's not true (laughs) yeah hopefully you make this story like I think even if you're not like even if you're intentionally trying not to it's so easy once you have that spark with someone Mm. to just start writing your story with them yeah and we had a great spark that was a thing and then like the sex was unreal and I feel like when you've been in a long-term relationship the sex like um, there was nothing wrong with the sex I'm not I'm definitely not um talking shit that's not what I'm doing but it's different. So when yeah, it was it's always going to be different. Yeah. yeah. And I was just like, wow, like this is not the kind of sex that I've been having. And like, I was just like, well, this must be special. This yeah. has to be special. Obviously yeah, you're like, there's this like an you undeniable. We have good sex. And <laughs> an undeniable a- connection. Yeah. <laughs> but then I found myself being in the guy that turned me down's position. Like I, I then went on to casually date people and have great sex with them and be really passionate and enjoy that time and then be like, I don't really want a relationship with you. And then it yeah. all kind of started making sense to me. But that first that first one after the breakup was not good. <laughs> no, I, yeah. And I also think it's that first one after you've like first kind of had, like obviously you'd had sex before, but like my, when my second boyfriend, so my first boyfriend, I didn't sleep with him. That was a church boyfriend, but my second boyfriend was the yeah. first guy I slept with and was also 
obviously like the person I'd had the most sex with, like that was yeah. comfort sex, like the comfortable sex where you learned the most about your body and also about sex with them. Like yeah. that was kind of where you learned about it. And so then when you re-enter like dating and you have sex with someone for the first time after that, and like you said, it's like so different. I think it's almost like you're on like an adrenaline high yeah. as well. So it even like you could probably honestly, because I have gone back and had sex with people that I thought was really good. Yeah. And you can be wrong. Yeah, you can be wrong. <laughs> oh my God, you can be so wrong. And you mm. go back and you have sex with them and you're like, what? the fuck was I thinking sometimes you just have to leave it at that good one night stand I nearly did it I had the best one night stand of my life I literally wrote an article about it because I was like that needs to be like broadcasted yeah and then they were someone that was interstate and they were coming back into town and we were like let's hang out and I was like we didn't end up doing it and now I'm so glad we didn't because yes it was now it's forever in my mind a really positive experience that there's no opportunity for me to be let down by that experience. No, I 100% agree (laughs) because I think it's always a let down. Like even when it's good, I think that there are so many other factors contributing to that amazing sex, like the newness of it, whatever level of potentially drunk you were, like what it could be you having a fucking great body day where you just like love yourself sick. Like there's so many factors that Mm -hmm. contribute to it that are beyond the actual physical connection between you and the other person that you could never live up to it. 100%. But yeah, yeah, I think like all of that stuff, even that like, oh, God, I have to have sex again. Like I had a friend who broke up her partner broke up with her after 10 years and she was just like one of the biggest things she had was like, I don't know how to get back. I can't get back out there. I don't know how to meet somebody else. I can't even fathom the idea of there being somebody else. Yeah. You know? I feel like that's hard. The first person I had sex with after the breakup was three weeks later. Mm. Um, I was just ready to get back on the horse um, and it was not good because I was just like, it's almost like I was trying to lose my virginity again. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know if anyone else is like that, but I was just yeah. like, oh, I've just got to get this done. Like, I've just got to do this this time. And then every time after this, we way better. And yeah. like, obviously it wasn't, um, but I just needed to do it. And I did. And I was like, I feel empty. That was shit. Um, yeah. But I had done it. And then in my mind, that was like a, like a check. I've done that now. You are moving on. You are on the, on the road to moving on. Yeah. But it is weird. Like I felt like I didn't know how to have sex because I'd only had sex with this one person for so long. And then it was like, well, that's a position I don't know or that doesn't feel good for me. Is that meant to feel good for me? Is he enjoying this? Like yeah. there were so many things that were I, I couldn't relax into it for a long time because I was just hype, like analysing everything I did and everything they did and, yeah. Yeah, and all your confidence is gone. Like I fully remember that. And I I back actually mm. the get back on the horse sex yeah. after a relationship because even though you're just doing it to tick, or, tick off a box and even though it's usually shit, I also feel like when I've done that and I've done that after pretty much every breakup that's hurt me, <laughs> yeah. I've just been like, I've got to do it. I've got to have sex yeah. with someone. I've just got to – and don't go back to someone else. No, no, no. You can't do that. It doesn't work. It just it feels weird like you just – because that's the time that I'd broken up. I got my heart broken and I went back to an ex and had just the shittest sex. Yeah. And then I was like, this just makes me even more sad because it's like I've grown up into – better sex yeah and now that good sex having guys gone yeah and now where will I find it again yeah. and so I was like but I, another time I slept with this guy I always call him red undies guy yeah because I went like I was chatting to him on an app and then it was like I was at home and I was like in my literally like now like I was in my trackies and I was like ready I was I'd started watching Wolf of Wall Street like Wolf yep. of Wall Street had come out or something 
and on like streaming things and whatever. <laughs> and I was just watching that, which is like the longest fucking movie, right? Yeah, it is. Yeah. And so I was like, we're messaging. He's like, what are you doing? I'm like, oh, I'm just like watching Wolf of Wall Street and making zucchini fritters. Like I distinctly remember I was making zucchini fritters, Yeah. which you can't, I can't make them. They're not. They turned into just mush. In yeah, there. it's like a pancake. If anyone, does anyone know how to make them? Like, if you do, I no. need to know. Tell me, please. Come and hit <laughs> us up in the Jeans in a Nice Top podcast group. I can never say that. <laughs> but anyway, not the point. The point being, he was like, oh, do you want to go for a drink? And I just was like, yes, because in my head I thought, yes, because I need to have sex with you because I need yeah, to have yeah. sex with somebody and you're available and <laughs> yeah. probably willing. And so we went and had a couple of drinks and – like literally two drinks and then I was like oh do you want to watch the rest of Wolf of Wall Street at your house like I was so forward because I was just like get it done yeah. <laughs> so we ended up at his house and all I remember is that the sex was average and he had red underpants but also red pants on and it oh. upset me greatly yeah I don't like that I don't like it there was something really off about it yeah like well you know those like it was like maroon chinos mm. yeah I'm not I'm still not into it <laughs> I, oh, I'll tell you right now if I found maroon chinos in Tom's clothing. They'd be burnt. Yeah, no. But, like, yeah, it was, like, matchy-matchy undies and pants, which really upset me, like, emotionally. (laughs) And then, then, yeah, and we literally did watch Wolf of Wall Street and have sex, and then I went home. And it felt good in this way where I felt shitty. Like, I felt felt empty, right, like Mm -hmm. you said. It didn't feel good. It didn't – I didn't have a great time. Definitely didn't orgasm. No, never. But I did feel like I had, like, gotten it – out of the way like I needed to get that experience out of the way to then feel more confident in the future times that I was hooking up with people I guess yeah and also your grief is like transferred from one person to another oh yeah like like, oh I'm not feeling sad about that guy that dumped me anymore I'm just feeling sad that I had sex with this really average guy so isn't this good I love how you just like shat all over like my positive experience with yeah but also you just transferred your grief so that's why you felt okay about it. I'm not shitting on it I think it's all completely true but it's like that for me it's almost like a distraction like yeah it's like oh I can be sad about someone else now thank god like I if my friends ask me what's wrong six months later I've entered the breakup I don't have to be like oh I'm just really sad that my ex left me I'm like I'm sad because I had a one night stand and it was shit. Yes. Yeah, totally. (laughs) Yeah. It's just like, and I think like, that's probably why you also get upset about that next person because you, when you finally do get a spark again with someone and it's hard, like it's hard to fucking find someone out here that you vibe with. Like there's a lot of boxes that you need ticked. There's boxes you don't need ticked, but when you think about it to meet a person, you have to have like good chat. You have to kind of feel like you're in the same zone on things you know like when you have conversations like you're not on like completely opposite sides of the spectrum on all these different things you need to be attracted to them and then you need and there is that spark like again I have like really controversial opinions about the spark in that I don't think it can be like this I saw you across the room and I just knew you were the one kind of thing but I do feel like there is it's kind of the blend of the attraction coming from all the different perspectives. Like, oh, wow, I like your brain and I like you as a person and I think your smile's hot and whatever, all coming together. That's really fucking hard to find. Yeah. So I think there's that period when you go through, when you've had a bad breakup or, you know, big heartbreak where you're in this weird desert zone and it just genuinely feels like I just watched Dune, so I think all my references are going to be like in Dune. <laughs> yeah. Like you're wandering across the fucking desert and everyone is a sandworm yeah. and no one is Timothy Chalamet. No. And that's not even the plot of that movie, 
but it works. And if you've seen Dune, you're like, Mel, you're fucked, but you somehow made that work. Like, not quite, but if I squinted, it makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> if I sort of, like, rearrange the movie a lot, we can write it that way, yeah. sure. Yeah. But yeah. So I think, like, that to me is the biggest um, thing to remember or, like, thing to know if you're in the middle of the heartbreak part is, like, the desert doesn't go on forever. Like, you will meet someone else that you vibe with and that doesn't mean that they're going to be like, yeah, like it might be like you where you meet the, that person and it's just a casual thing and then you get hurt again and then you meet someone else and it's casual and then you end it. Like, but that's kind of the fun of life is that <laughs> the fun of life. That sounds it's very philosophical. <laughs> this is but really you know I mean. <laughs> at the heart of life. It's all about casual sex. <laughs> Isn't it? Isn't it? <laughs> no, but you know what I mean. Like, like I life is just the ups and downs, and if you didn't have them, it would be boring. Blah blah. You know what I'm just trying to say, everyone. But I guess it's like I look back, and I think even those shitty little heartbreaks, I kind of love that I had them because it's just a different experience. And it, I don't know. I, don't, I, I always get really weird about saying this experience grows you as a person because it does so. it's like big church energy for me but <laughs> it does it does it, it really does and and I it like I remember that guy that I was talking about that broke my heart out of nowhere when I looked back on that this was what I was trying to say before and I forgot to say it when I looked back on that I was like wow that was a shit relationship yeah I, I got none of my needs met I was bending and pretzeling myself to try and find time with him because he had other priorities that weren't me it wasn't a good relationship so it's good that it ended you know yeah and and it's that realization that the one isn't actually the one what we're meant to talk about today even yes. though we, were. <laughs> we talked about everything else but as you were saying about priorities I distinctly remember when I first started dating this my ex I, I was he, he was quite um uh, to the point, not very emotional, yeah. which is just that's some people's personality. That's so fine. This wasn't so fine. He was like, my priorities, just so you know, because we're probably about to like be in a relationship. <laughs> and then I'm not kidding. I wish I was. Oh and God. then like listed out the pripriorities that were before me and uh, surfing was before me. <laughs> and in that five-year relationship, he did not once go surfing. Wow. So it's almost like before we even started dating, he was like, I'm letting this girl know that I will make absolutely no sacrifices yeah. in order in order to meet her needs or to grow our relationship. And that turned out to be very true. So Yes, yeah. Wow. Isn't that wild though? Like like I think that but I think it's hard to see that stuff in the moment because yeah. you're looking at everything in rose colored glasses and also, you know, you make all these concessions for people. Um, and I think, but that's, I think what you learn, right? Like you probably now do, would never, would never go for that. Like no. never, like if John was like to you, uh, so I've got this list of priorities and you're like number 10. I'd be like, okay, well, like, I'll take okay, this cool, elsewhere. Fuck you. <laughs> Literally I'll take, I'm stunning. So I'm going to go find another boyfriend, whatever. Yeah. Who cares? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But it's it's a hundred percent taught me exactly what I don't want in a in a partner. Yeah, which I think I obviously had no idea about before. So I look back now and I'm like, oh wow, wow, I loved you a lot. Like that, mm. there's no denying that. And I'll never be one of those people that's like, well, I didn't actually really love them or whatever. Like, yes, you did. Like you yeah. you loved them, and that's okay. And you can say that. I'll also like never stop talking about it because I think that it's this thing 
with exes that you're meant to like bury it and hate them and never talk about it ever again or whatever. And I'm like, no, that's like literally a massive part of my story. Yeah, absolutely. Um, But looking back now, I'm like, we weren't really compatible. All of your interests became my interest because I was trying to find common ground with you. All of your friends became my friends because you weren't interested in meeting any of my friends. My family, like you would definitely like come and see my family, but it was like, oh, I guess this weekend I should probably come and see your family instead of like I would love to see your family. And now it's like with my current partner, the the level of interest that he shows in my um, in my life and my success and my joy, I like it almost like took me by surprise when we started dating because I was like, this is just above and beyond. And it's like, no, that's what I've done for everyone I've ever dated. Yeah. Like I've always displayed this kind of interest in someone and it's just now that I'm being met at the same level yeah so lovely and so nice and he does go above and beyond but it just is like that is the bare minimum and I think that sometimes when you're in love you really forget what that is like someone should want to come to your work things and someone should want to I'm not saying they should want to like sit through like a seven hour recital or whatever but they should want to like support you yeah they should want to support you and and it's not always it's not every time but it's like when it's not like pulling teeth, I think, to get them to be interested in what you're interested in or mm. to be on board and see. And I think as women also that's really important and and rare, sadly, because like the amount of fucking guys I've gone out with that would just either not want to know anything about my life or if I did talk about my life sort of almost acted like I was like being arrogant. Mm. But it's not. I'm not being arrogant. I just have done some good shit and yeah like like I'm not even I'm just telling you literally what I do as a job and they'd be like oh okay yeah like it's so good yeah yeah. just telling me what your job is (laughs) (laughs) yeah I think that you yeah looking back I can see that I that is I didn't have any of that and I was very much that for them so it's almost like they got all of the things that you're meant to get from a relationship I got none and I was just like but isn't this nice um that we're in love yes and it's like I think that I was a very convenient girlfriend for him like I think I don't think he didn't love me um I don't think he's a monster in any way I just think that like I did everything that he needed a girlfriend to do at that stage of his life. But when it was time for his life to change, he was like, thank you for that. Yeah. Like there was no future investment. Yeah. Thanks so much. Have a good one. Yeah. (laughs) She did not have a good one. Here's a card. (laughs) She did. She definitely did not have a good one. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, We should probably wrap it up there because I feel like we're just talking forever. But thank you so much for coming on. Thank this you for was having such me. A very, I feel like I learned a lot too. Did it's you? Yeah, because I didn't like, like I said, like I had like church, which was, I guess, in the place of a relationship up until twenty four. So I know some of the stuff you're talking about, but then it is really interesting whenever I talk to somebody who had like big formative romantic relationships in their early twenties because that wasn't my experience, and then it's mm. always just like interesting to hear, I guess, how that shapes you and, and molds you as well. But yeah, thanks for having me. Loved it. Uh, where can people find you? It's what is it, Lucy M. Neville, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, sadly, sadly, the sad, the sad handle of Lucy M. Yeah. Neville. If you go to, to my Instagram, everything's there. But yeah, Lucy M. Neville. Yes, and we'll put it in the show notes. <laughs> um, thanks so much for listening, guys. Bye. See ya. Bye.